Hey landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. Welcome, welcome. It's your hosts of The Landlord Diaries, Kelly Bailey and Katie Lyon. And we just want to thank you for being here. We appreciate you guys listening. If you are enjoying our show, we would absolutely adore your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And Katie, take it away. What do we got today? Today we get to talk to Young. And Young is... He was really interesting to talk to, particularly because him and his wife have 13 doors in their portfolio, and they both work full-time W-2 jobs. And his job in particular, we didn't get into details about his wife's too much, but his in particular is a very high-stress job, I think. So they've really um, done some things to strategize the balance of long-term, mid-term, short-term. Um, and they've also t- we also get to talk a little bit more about their systems and how they manage all of these things. So this is great for anyone who is looking to scale, anyone who's looking to learn about systems, or anyone who's just sitting here thinking, how am I supposed to do it all? Uh, Because (laughs) Young does it all. And with a very calm and collected approach, I will say, which I admire. Um, So just a reminder to everyone, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Furnished Finder, where you can list your midterm furnished rental for $99 a year. And that includes unlimited leads, unlimited tenant communication. Uh, there's no limit to how many leases you can sign. This It's just $99 a year. We keep it super, super simple so that you can succeed. Young Wei owns 13 properties, five of which are furnished rentals, two triplexes, a quadruplex, and a mix of one to four bedroom single family homes. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Young. How's it going? It's going fantastic. Thank you for having me. So I'm assuming you didn't just wake up one day and own 13 properties. So why don't you tell us about your journey of how you grew your portfolio and why you went over the went after the certain strategies that you did? Yeah, certainly. Um what we ended up uh, today, which is 13 properties, is certainly not necessarily by design. Uh, I started out more than 10 years ago when uh, I was looking for a, a home for myself and I was highly encouraged by a, a close friend of mine and a colleague that uh, I should look into investment properties um, you know, in a, in a multi-unit to uh, find a home for myself and also bring in some income. Now, um, that 
first concept was introduced to me and it was very foreign. It was very scary. I did not think that I was up for it. Um, I did not think I would have enough money to do so. Um, but through uh, borrowing from family, borrowing from my 401k and really uh, kind of taking a leap of faith, I did it. And that was the first uh, four unit complex that I acquired uh, more than 10 years Amazing. ago. Yeah. And along the way, I picked up additional investment properties, uh, building on the success of the first unit. So are you saying you actually did the opposite of most most people and did not go over after single family homes or duplexes first? You would jump straight to a fourplex? Yes, I did. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. To be frank, uh, you know, I definitely wanted a single family home to start uh, for myself. Um, who doesn't? Um, but uh, I was really, again, highly encouraged by a friend and coach throughout the process. And she kind of really showed me the numbers of um, what it would mean if I own a home that I really liked for a single family uh, or versus a, a two unit or a three unit or a four unit and walk me through kind of the, the financial implications of a four unit versus more units and really helped me understand that the four unit was the sweet spot of, you know, investment real estate for, for smaller portfolios. Um, it was very daunting. I, I was not a handy person. Uh, I, you know, I think most people immediately think about, wow, I'm going to be unclogging toilets or fixing leaks, <laughs> uh, doing all kinds of things, which is somewhat true. I, those things do come about. Um, but I think for me, it was really important to have um, the support network and someone that I trusted who really encouraged me along the way. Well, Young, I would love to hear some of the lessons that you have learned so far in your journey that you might want to pass on to other people who are just getting into the space or who are thinking about getting into the space. Um, I know there is a big stigma about becoming a landlord. I know when, when we first became landlords a few years ago, everyone was like, are you sure, you know, you might get calls at 2am and this and that, and do you want to be handling it? What if they destroy your property? And there's a lot of hesitations and I think a bad rap that it gets. And you're right. Those things do happen, but I would love to hear your perspective on some lessons that you've learned along the way that maybe you wish you knew sooner. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think when I, uh, hear that question, uh, my mind is drawn to different categories. For instance, a long-term rental versus a mid-term rental versus a short-term rental are very different ballgames, as you know. And um, I'll kind of hone in on more of the mid-term rental area, if you will. Um, I think that's, for us, kind of the sweet spot that we've been trying to drive our short-term furnished rentals into. Um, and some of the lessons learned, uh, I think, broadly speaking, is really truly having backup plans for everything, uh, you know, uh, primary, secondary, and tertiary paths to success. Uh, anything that can go wrong will most likely go wrong at some point when mm -hmm. you're not um, expecting it. And to have another set of spare keys locked somewhere that, you know, only you can get to or you can give instructions to uh, another set of bed sheets or towels that are locked in the basement um, just for an emergency. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of um, my examples about, you know, lessons learned is really about contingency building and, and, and building schedule margin as well. Uh, meaning if you have back to back to back um, 
guests uh, along the way. Um, how do we schedule so that we have enough time for the cleaners? And even if there are particular issues that we need to be addressed, uh, how do we build in some schedule margins so that we're not so rushed and somebody's coming and knocking on the door for the next check-in when the place is not ready? Yes, that would not be good. <laughs> yeah. So in general, I believe out of your 13 properties, you currently use one for midterm rentals. So tell us about your property on Furnish Finder and how you operate your midterm rentals different than your other uh, real estate investments. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So I, I do. we do have one listing on Furnish Finders, uh, but I'll say that all of our short-term rentals are a mix of short-term rentals and midterm rentals. Um, right, and I good love point. That flexibility that uh, midterm rentals allow for you because we can toggle back and forth from short-term and midterm. Um, but uh, going back to your question, uh, the, the midterm rental that we have on Furnish Finders, um, we really wanted to target traveling nurses. Um, after learning that, after having a wonderful set of guests that stayed at our, our place and uh, understood that uh, there's this demand out there for traveling nurses, uh, which I did not know before their arrival. So um, we uh, we really love that experience to to um, have more revenue generated than a long term rental, yet have the uh, stability that a midterm rental that generated. And I can give you a little bit more specifics on that particular. Sure. We were uh, we received an inquiry for a two week stay, um, and that's pretty s typical for um, you know either short term or midterm uh, uh, stays. And and uh, I understood after communicating with the uh, the guests that they are traveling nurses. Her and her her boyfriend were both traveling nurses working at the same hospital, and they were not sure how long they really needed to stay because their contracts uh, needed to be renewed at a certain time. Um, and after understanding that, um, I, uh, took a leap of faith and, and, and made, you know, communicate with them and reserved our calendar for the chance that their contracts would be renewed. And long story short, that two week guest turned out to be a five plus month guest and brought in the same amount of revenue as a short term rental. So it was incredibly wow. successful turnaround, uh, that we're trying to replicate in other areas too. Excellent. And tell us, do you plan on doing more midterm rentals in the future or what's kind of your plan going forward? Yeah. So, so the answer is yes. Um, many of our short-term rentals, uh, we are trying to target the midterm rental um, guest or, or demand or customer um, by using furnished finders, for instance, uh, or making ourselves, you know, available for longer term stays on other platforms. Um, and marketing ourselves in other avenues as well. Um, so I'll, I'll say that all of our fur, uh, furnished rentals have had some form of midterm rental guest. Uh, some, you know, I can give you another example where in one of our properties, um, what started out as a another two to three week stay uh, from a foreign country from Europe, um, and after speaking with them, it sounded like they were in town for for business. We were contractors consulting for a U.S.-based business. And that two-week guest uh, ended up turning into four months. And then after the holiday break, they returned and booked another three months. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. So that was really 
we're really happy to see that. And, and uh, you know, I can talk about how, how that came to be, uh, but through, you know, communication and making sure that their concerns were addressed and allowing them the flexibility to extend their trip um, and not, um, you know, yeah, I'm not saying this real well right now, but. Um, oh, you're saying it great. We had to, well, we, obviously we had to reserve our calendar for them, even though they had not completed their booking yet. Um, but that was okay. a kind of trust that was built that that was that was a high likelihood that would happen uh, and rather than uh, open our calendars for another one week or two week guest in between uh, we ended up being able to capture that very long stay that ended up being you know cumulative six months which was fantastic that's great i love that well let's transition to the section we call landlord logistics. And there's a series of questions that Young specifically wanted to talk to you guys about. So we're going to start off with how he goes about converting long-term renters into mid-term rental guests. He's got a couple examples of that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30-day-plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode, and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Yeah, this was a little bit of happenstance, but definitely by some effort as well on my on our part. Um, we, uh, as you know, we own some longer term rentals, just regular apartments. And um, through one of our open apartments, we received an inquiry from a guest who, uh, or it turned out to be a guest, but a, an inquiry to say that, hey, I, I'm looking to rent your apartment for one to two months. Now, a little bit odd request because it's not a furnished uh, home. It's a totally unfurnished, uh, completely remodeled apartment. So I really wanted to understand that better. So I got on the phone and spoke with the individual and understood that they're in the middle of a remodel of their own home and they needed a place to stay um, and hotels were going to be too costly for them. And it really doesn't have the amenities that they need. So it's just a kitchen uh, workspace and so forth. So although they were not inquiring about it, uh, I introduced the idea of what, how about a furnished rental? How about one of our furnished rentals? And it was a little bit surprising that that thought never crossed their minds. Uh, I think maybe they thought that, Furnished rentals were going to be too expensive, um, maybe not available for the days that they needed. So um, we were able to design a contract uh, with one of our furnished rentals to satisfy their need for over a month um, and then um, negotiate on a rate that made sense for them and also made sense for us in in a kind of a lower season. So that was a really kind of another successful story. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's definitely a demand for that for um, 
higher occupancy places, if you will, um, that are furnished. And a lot of times people who are in need of that don't think about it, right? I know um, prior to my days here at Furnished Finder, we were relocating or we were we were moving just a couple of miles, but our new house was a new construction house. And like any new construction project took far longer than we were ever anticipating it would take. And we ended up with about a six week gap, which in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal. But when you have, you know, we have two kids at that time, we had two pets. Um, it was a big deal and we were searching and searching. And I wish that we would have known about Furnished Finder at the time, because although I'm very grateful for my in-laws and their hospitality and welcoming, welcoming us, you know, it's not the least stressful thing in the world trying to live with your in-laws for six weeks. So <laughs> it is, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different demand out there. Um, and there's all sorts of, of different needs that furnished rentals can fulfill. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to say that, um, we are, uh, we've taken advantage of that as well as, uh, my wife and I have, have moved across the country and back to Los Angeles area. Uh, and those relocations, just like you said, are, not easy. Uh, you end up with gaps where you haven't found your home yet and you need a place to stay and you don't want to be stuck in a hotel room <laughs> for weeks on end without a kitchen. So uh, we've definitely stayed at midterm rentals in other cities as well because of uh, our own needs. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. So you also wanted to discuss supply management. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you self-manage your properties and you have a W-2 job, a pretty cool one at that. So do you want to let us know, one, what's your W-2 and how do you man self-manage the supplies and just the flow of your midterm rentals? Great. Yeah. My day job is uh, I work in the aerospace defense industry. Um, and uh, I've been doing that so for almost 20 years. And on the side, uh, my wife and I have investment properties. Um, so it, you, the question was related to, to supply management for uh, midterm rentals. Yeah, just managing your properties, your, your self-managing your properties in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what does that look like for the supplies, for the flip process, for contractors coming into the home, all that kind of stuff? Kelly and I have really been digging into this lately as our number of properties starts to get a little bit mm -hmm. higher and we're like, okay, how are we going to, you know, the management is a lot different for one or two properties than it is for 10 to 15. Very challenging. And I'll, I'll say that we haven't found the right solution or model yet. We're constantly in the search of that. Um, we, but it we, hasn't held you back, which is great. Well, yeah. yeah, the show must go on, and uh, there <laughs> needs neither shampoos and towels. But um, but yeah, so <laughs> we do do a fair amount of self management. Um, we try to prepare ahead uh, as much as possible so that you know we're not there at every turnover. Uh, we physically cannot be uh, because we have properties across different states. So. Um, one thing that to do is, uh, we have leveraged, you know, some help, uh, with, from our cleaning crew to establish that rapport and relationship to make sure that they are doing stock, you know, checks for us and letting us know if we're low on certain supplies and that they have access to some sort of locked, uh, cabinet or closet that they can mm -hmm. restock things for us. Um, 
we've been known to buy supplies for six months to a year in advance. And those, those are li- very large Costco trips. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. seen some of those baskets at Costco. A lot of times I feel like they're restaurants. So you're like a hundred mm. of the same item. They must have a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. This is actually interesting because I was just dealing with this, um, we have a turnover for one of our arbitrages coming up. And obviously I can't have a locked cabinet there because it's not our property. And it's not, it's, it's in Iowa where my family lives and I don't live. And we did find a great cleaner, but I'm like, how am I going to make sure? Why can't you have a locked, a locked closet? Well, cause I don't want to change. Like I would have to replace the doorknob. Plus it's a studio. So there's really not a lot of spare space, right? Got it. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And you just have to get creative, right? Like I I ended up making a a tote, like a utility tote. And I put in there probably six months to a year's worth of paper towels and Kleenex and toilet paper. And we just labeled it owner supplies and put it up on the high shelf in the laundry closet. But I think you're right. You got to get, you got to get creative and there are, there, there's solutions, but sometimes they're a lot more basic than we think. Sometimes they're not as obvious as we think. Um, I'm with you because closet space is so important for midterm rentals versus short-term rentals. So like a short-term rental, it's easy to lock a closet off and for their two-day stay, no big deal. But you take away some of that space in a midterm rental, you're like, oh no, where are they going to store some stuff? And so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I'm with you. I figured out I store a lot of stuff underneath the beds as well because most people Mm. aren't going to place things under the bed so strategically buying beds that have a large enough gap underneath where one of those totes can fit under Mm. well that's really smart thank you that's really smart yeah it's you know what it's just it's interesting you come up with all all these little challenges that you were you would never think you would never think of (laughs) right okay my challenge with having an investment property is where do i store the extra kleenex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, I do have my family there as, as a fall safe, but I, I, I'm trying, you know, we're trying to systematize things so that they don't have to run over there all the time. Um, but yeah, what other tools have you guys found young that, that work well? And my other question is, does your wife kind of, is she, does she lead up kind of the property management of that role or does she also have a, a WT job? My wife also has a WT job. She's a digital marketing uh, manager, uh, at a company. And, uh, my wife and I partner really well. I think she handles a lot more of the creative side as well as, um, setting up, um, a, a, a furnished rental. Uh, she has the design sense, um, and, and vision. And, and I'm more focused on the operations and, and, and making things happen on a day-to-day basis. So we, we definitely handle different aspects of our business. Um, and going back to, to, to supply management, just quickly, I think you were touching on uh, what are some, some of the other thoughts on that. Uh, we definitely taken an approach to overstock. Um, I think it's much, uh, I much rather, and, and theft will happen. People will take things, um, uh, but I much rather have some guests take some extra paper towels than a guest that shows up with no toilet paper, right? So uh, that's a risk or a cost I'm willing to absorb to overstock. Um, our furnished rentals and um, and check them, you know, on a monthly or quarterly basis, and I'm making sure that all the supplies are well stocked and they're comfortable. That's smart because you know y- you will have a few things 
that guest take home, like you're saying, but is it worth the extra 20% or 30% for a property management company? Or do you want to just restock a few more items? So that's a great way of looking at it. I like that. So you have navigated relationship management well from what we've talked about in a previous conversation and turning guests into five-star reviews that may not have started out that way. So I'd love for you to be able to share uh, your experience there and how you ensure five-star reviews for your properties. Yeah, I we have so many examples. Uh, a few come to mind. Um, and, and to me, uh, I think again it's 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 not about it's more than success uh can be defined by you know having a, a wonderful stay with a guest um but uh, it would be even more fantastic if they came back and they wanted to stay with you again or they told their friends or family about hey we I stayed at a wonderful place um so we do our best truly the best um our best to uh, communicate with our uh guests and, and customers in our sense um, to, to make sure all their needs are met uh, reasonably, right? So uh, if they are too cold or too too warm, or uh, in one case, we had a guest who st- was particularly sensitive to street noise. And I'll say that our one of our furnished uh, rentals are it is on a major street, but it, it, it isn't particularly loud, uh, but they were particularly sensitive to, to noise. So um, just a small example, uh, that day I, at my lunch break, I went out and purchased earplugs. And uh, later on, we ordered a noise canceling machine to be sent over to the furnished rental. So um, what turned out, the, the point is not necessarily about the noise or the cancellation. It's about they had a, somewhat of a negative first impression of our home. And they felt strongly enough to express that. And because of the things that we did... They were very thankful. In the end, when they left, they gave us raving reviews. So what could have been a negative review was adverted. And uh, in fact, we've gained an ally. That is amazing because I just had a similar situation from someone staying in a different property. Uh, It was a short-term rental property that they have found on a short-term rental site. And exactly what you're saying, it was close to a highway or a you know main road there was more traffic noise than they realized but it wasn't just that then on top of that it's like the lighting was kind of dim and the hosts you know weren't communicating that well so what you've turned into a successful five-star review that gives you that uh, super host status on airbnb others don't always navigate well and so he reached out to us and was willing to double pay and we didn't. We did navigate that conversation. I was like, I don't want you to have to pay the full price uh, for to stay with our uh, at our place a month early and still have to pay for your Airbnb. But I do have to cover my mortgage as well. So we we were willing to you know work with him and ha- create that five star experience for him. And he's loving uh, our home. That's a two bedroom, two bath. There's a lot of natural light. So it was a great experience that could have worked out in the Airbnb or the short-term rental site, just like yours, if that host had taken the initiative. So that's a really good point. Just like we're in hospitality. We're not long-term rentals. Mm -hmm. You can kind of skate with some of that stuff. But in general, 
treat others as the way you want to be treated, right? And so these these midterm rentals and short-term rentals, you want to give them the best experience possible within within reason, right? Like some requests, maybe that doesn't make sense or you have to work that into your strategy over time. But that's really good advice. Katie, you got anything to add to that? Well, I just, I think it's on all in how you look at it, right? Because you can look at a you know, feedback from a tenant as, oh, like this is so annoying or I have to deal with this or whatever. Or you can look at it as an opportunity to make your impression as a landlord. Because if your tenant moves in and everything goes very smoothly, you have very limited chances to make an impression on your tenant, right? You have your first impression, you have the impression of the process, you know, where they're signing the lease and doing the background check and then when they're moving in. But after that, it's a very limited communication and unless anything goes wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking of one instance where we had a tenant where the ice maker wasn't working and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. Also, as a landlord, ice makers are my nemesis. I hate them. (laughs) Every ice maker that I have ever had has broken. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, We have a long-term rental that we've had for coming up on three years. I've had to fix that dang ice maker every single year. It doesn't matter. It's just, they're just the worst. Mm -hmm. And so this poor travel nurse moves in and she's like, hey, I don't want to be a bother. I know I just moved in and I don't want to complain about things. But the ice maker is not working. And I'm like, like no, no, that's not a complaint. You should have ice. And I didn't even, I was like, I know the fridge at this place is older. I'm not paying to fix it. So I ordered a $99 countertop ice maker. And it mm. makes like the cute little like nugget ice that mm. everyone loves. And I was like, I just ordered this. It'll be on your doorstep in two days, thanks to Amazon. And she unpackaged it. She figured it out. She got it on the countertop working. And she was so happy. She was so happy. And I'm like, this situation turned from you don't have ice to now you're like a great fan, right? And like, I know that she'll leave us a great review when she moves out. So it's an opportunity to kind of show your hospitality and your service. Um, So I think every time an obstacle comes comes up, everyone needs to really remember that and kind of remember how you approach it. Completely. I'm going to have to throw my plug in. I don't do it too often, but reminder for those of you who are avid listeners for the show, I love American Home Shield. Not everyone does. And I never call that doesn't work well, but I put in my request through the online portal. And one of those Katie was an ice maker, not working. And so I put in the $85 request. I think the, uh, it might've, you know, if you, I think the high end is 125, which is not bad for someone to come out and fix your ice machine. And so what happened is it was an older fridge. They weren't able to replace it uh, for a reasonable price. So instead, they gave us a brand new fourteen to sixteen hundred dollar fridge. It was amazing. Yeah, that might be that might be something at some point that I look into because I have also replaced a dryer and a dishwasher this year. Which... I've gotten two dryers. Uh, three hot water heaters over the last two or three years. It's amazing. I like it's American like, Home Shield. Not everybody loves home warranties, but I must put that plug in. <laughs> hey, if you find a good, if you find a good one, that's definitely worth sharing. So right. I think that's very valuable information because that is 
And I'd be interested, Young, to see, because you have so many doors to see if you've ever dealt with a high-level repair like that, because that's (laughs) always my worst nightmare, is, like, when I get a... Like, an ice maker is one thing. I hate them. Hate them. (laughs) But the bigger one is the furnace or the water heater. As soon as I get a call that, hey, the uh, heater's not kicking on or I don't have hot water, I'm like oh, please let this be a bad furnace filter or something because you know that's going to hit hard. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear Young's. Yeah, we speaking of major repairs, uh, about six months ago, we had a major issue with one of our properties and it was uh, an out-of-state property. And we got a call that there was some moisture that was observed in the basement uh, utility room. Um Long story short, it turned it out turned out to be a uh, sewer line backup, and that Ooh. needed not only be snaked, but that didn't work, and then it needed to be hydrojetted. And in the process of doing so, it collapsed and needed to be completely replaced to the city main. Uh oh! So it was a it was a very challenging couple of weeks when uh, not only is it very costly to repair uh, and unpleasant to do so. Uh, we were also not even in the state to handle it. Uh, so uh, through managing, you know, remote, m- remotely, uh, really good contractors and uh, some support help that we have, have in the local area, we were able to get it repaired eventually after a large bill. What, would, what did you learn from that experience? What I learned is that um, by HomeServe, uh, which is an um, uh, insurance service that okay. covers... Um, many, many different things, but sewer line is one of the things they cover. And in some of the older homes, um, this one was over a hundred years old. Uh, we oh, should wow. have uh, spent that $6 a month uh, very early on and uh, covered ourselves. Uh, and that could have been handled very easily rather than coming out of pocket. So that was one Good lesson. Advice. Another lesson learned was that uh, don't skip on doing a full scope of the, of the mm-hmm. drain line. Um, in this particular case, we we have so many, we, we've acquired properties throughout the years. And every time we do a scope of the, you know, the sewer line, it always comes back. Oh, it looks fine. There, it looks like there was a repair done at one point. Uh, you should be good to go. Uh, in this particular case, we were in a rush. Uh, we, we trusted the buyer that, or sorry, we trusted the seller that they had a recent repair done. Uh, so we skipped the scoping. Terrible idea. We would have caught it if we... Uh, inspected it properly and spent that $400 to do so. That's good advice. Yep. We learn lessons every time, but guess what? Reminder, we say this on the show quite a bit. Don't let that stop you from jump jumping in. Mm-hmm. Analysis paralysis is like the worst thing because one, it's never going to be perfect. You're always going to come up with challenges. Go at it with an educated and confident plan, know what, where you want to be, but don't, don't put yourself in a paralysis state where you never get started. Just get right. started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll add to that. We have a property in Cape Coral, Florida, right where Hurricane Ian went through. I mean, right. Like mm-hmm. it was like dead center and that we took a hit mm-hmm. and I don't know that we'll be profitable this year, you know, because of it, but when I look back, my instinct is to say, ah, what a failure, right? Like the first year we have the property, we have this major natural disaster. We're going to end up, you know, in the red. And then I'm like, wait, the thing about real estate 
If you do it right and you wait long enough, it'll sort itself out, right? So like we'll get a new roof out of it, right? We'll get new repairs out of it. The city is going to get a natural kind of makeover from it because so many things are going to be new. And also, you know, when you have a rental, no matter what your profit margin is, even if it's small, you'll eventually make up for it. It just kind of adjusts the timeline. So I do think that's one thing that's really beneficial and helps to offset that analysis process you're talking about, Kelly, because that is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's something that is difficult to swallow sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's like a, have your reserves. Really- have your reserves, have a plan, mm-hmm. and then know that this isn't something that at least most of the time you're trying to get in and out of like right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say that, you know, uh, just going back to your point, it is daunting. Uh, if you hear about everybody's landlord horror stories, it may be mm-hmm. very overwhelming and maybe too scary to step into. Um, but, you know, I think an encouragement to everybody out there who's maybe thinking about doing so, there's a solution for or multiple solutions for every situation. And um, you learn so much throughout that process and you come out more resilient, stronger, wiser. And, you know, you eventually be in a position where you can coach somebody else. Um, and uh, yeah. it's just it's just part of life. So I just want to wrap it up with one more question from myself and then anything that you might want to add, Katie or Young, to to wrap up our conversation. But in regards, we typically end with Furnish Finder Favorites. And in our intro call, you mentioned that you really like the section about hospital locations and that you also like the structure of including the that the guest gets vetted in the process. So let's dive into those two a little bit and what you really like about those features. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the many features I like about Furnish Finders, again, is, is uh, the proximity uh, that we can list certain how close we are to the local hospitals. And again, like I said, we're targeting traveling nurses. I think the particular feature that doesn't exist for other, you know, platforms such as Airbnb and RBO. Um, one other thing we like a lot is also state-specific lease resources um, that Furnish Finder links us to. Because when you're operating out of multiple states, you may not be privy to all the local regula- re- regulatory, uh, you know, compliance type uh, documents. Uh, and to have that resource available for you know landlords, furnished landlords, is very powerful. And the last thing I, th- I like to mention about Furnish Finders, I love to getting an alerts that somebody in your particular area is looking for housing. So they may not have clicked on your listing yet. They may not have inquired about your listing yet. And they may not know what the local neighborhoods are, but you know that they are looking. And that's your uh, great opportunity to reach out and build a connection uh, and perhaps um, market your Furnish Rental f- for them. Yes, definitely. We and we had a conversation recently with another guest about, you know, insurance companies and relocation services. And so many of us see the tenant leads coming in, but don't realize how easy it is for uh medical recruiters and insurance agencies and relocation services to place a housing request. It's like, it's such a unique feature that isn't available on other sites that I'm aware of, that it allows a company to save hours of time by filling out a short form of, 
hey, these are the dates that I'll need. This is the space I'll need. This is the location I'll need. Here's the type of family that will be traveling. Whatever details you want to give about yourself or those that you're looking to replace uh, in a business uh, setting, you can put all that information in in a housing request that takes two minutes, press submit, and it goes to every landlord in that city and they reach out to you if they have a property that matches. And so rather than searching the site through hundreds or thousands of properties, you have the five or 10 or 20 that come directly into your inbox that we're referring to on our end, the landlord end, as tenant leads. We're like, ding, got another one. Let's reach out to them, see if they need our need our assistance. So yeah, it goes both ways. Landlords and travelers have such useful tools through the housing requests and the tenant leads that I just I think are unmatched uh, on other sites a lot of times. That is great feedback. Thank you, Young. Any last things you think the audience needs to hear from you about just your real estate experience? Any favorite books that have changed your, your life or the way you think? What's your last thoughts for everyone? Uh, I'll just say that it's been a pleasure to share uh, a little glimpse of my experience with uh, you and your, your listeners. Um, I hope uh, someone out there find, finds, this, finds this useful, what I'm sharing. And uh, if there's anything uh, anybody wants to follow up on, uh, feel free to reach out through Furnish Finders and uh, happy to answer the questions. Excellent. And we do put your link to your profile uh, to your Furniture Finder profile in the show notes on YouTube. And I've been adding them to the audio version uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. So yes, reach out to Young, make that connection if you'd like. If you want to hear about any specific topics or have a question, post it on our YouTube channel. We love getting those and responding or incorporating them into future episodes. So don't forget to subscribe or leave a review if you haven't done so yet. Thank you so much for being with us, Young, and we wish you a successful year with your real estate portfolio. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much, Katie. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.